other guys and gals, geeks and gamers. You're listening to the Nerd of Godcast, that place on the Venn diagram of life where Christ culture and nerd culture find sweet, sweet two-player co-op. Hello, 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 and welcome to a very special episode of your Nerd of Godcast. My name is Tony T, and for the next few minutes, well, we're going to be geeking out together and giving glory to God, and uh, this is a really unique format for tonight because um, we're going to be doing kind of a clip show, kind of a greatest hits, pulling some uh, some gems from the vault, but it's not going to be moments from the Nerd of Godcast like we've done before in the past. We're actually going to be shining a spotlight on um, a side project that we do called the Daily Nerd Devo. But before we do, make sure that you're following Nerd of Godcast across all the social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Stay connected to everything that's going on. And if this particular ministry that fuses faith and fandom ministers to you, please take a moment and leave us a review. Uh, That really, really does help us to get discovered by people who match this sort of niche audience, people who uh, are exploring their faith and their fandom, and it, it does help us a lot. We love stars, especially when they come in fives. But I digress. The Daily Nerd Devo. Now, this actually started way back, kind of as one of the original concepts for our show was that we would do a an episode with our crew, and then kind of in the every other week, we would do sort of a one-shot uh, mini devotion message, something that kind of linked our faith and our fandom that was more of a, of a pure Devo uh, style thing. Uh, as time went on, we sort of evolved out of kind of that on-paper premise and uh, got into more of just the regular podcast, around-the-table conversation, games, interactive uh, nerd godcast that you know and love. But th- that idea of bringing you know, little dollops of inspiration that are kind of inspired by the things that make us, you know, geek out and uh, the games that we're playing, the comics we're reading, the, the movies that we're watching, um, never really went away. So we, we kind of dabbled with this Daily Nerd Devo where we were creating content and uh, trying to get people involved and excited about it. Um, and like some things do, the, the, the it, it just got away from us. Uh, enter a young man named Ryan Felton. Now, uh, Ryan is a great guy. Uh, Ryan hosts his own show, City on a Hill Gaming, uh, where they do ministry through the format of Dungeons and Dragons games, uh, which is really, really cool, very awesome. Ryan has DM'd uh, a couple games that I've been able to be a part of, and uh, man, just a real great guy, a lot of fun, uh, and a good dude. And and Ryan was particularly impacted by these daily nerd devos, these uh, devotions that we would put out, and uh, when we kind of stopped and uh, let them fall by the wayside, kind of deprioritized them a little bit, he reached out and he said, hey, I really think that there's some value to this ministry, and I would like to, uh, you know, help if I can. Now, that's one of the best things about the Nerdicodcast is not just, you know, me or, or the crew that sits around the table or, you know, Nick the engineer who pushes all the buttons that keep this bucket of bolts flying. Um, it's the community that we're a part of. And, and, and this guy, who at that time, I don't think I'd ever met him in real life, we um, we, we got connected, and he said, I want to help. And uh, he became our D&D, Daily Nerd Devo, DM, which is Devotion Manager. And he began to reach out to content creators from across the country. And, uh, and, and it was so awesome to kind of see... Uh, pastors and, and podcasters and content creators and 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 Christians that that uh, from every area of the nation, from all walks of life, uh, and in different ages and demographics, that got to come in and and lend their voice and to be a part of this community that every single weekday brings a devotion that we share on podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find the Daily Nerd Devo. Wherever, uh, if you have an Amazon Echo, you can uh, put it on your flash briefing, make it part of your, you know, the best part of waking up is D&D in your cup. And uh, it, it really is a great way to keep people encouraged. And the nice thing is Ryan's managing this. So most of the time uh, when I turn it on in the morning, it's a surprise to me that who is going to be uh, featured that day, what they're going to be talking about. You just never know. It could be Magic the Gathering. It could be Skyrim. It could be She-Hulk. It could be Star Wars. It could be just anything. Um, and that's uh, it really is a surprise and a delight. So if you haven't yet listened to the Daily Nerd Devo, uh, I really encourage that you go and you like and you subscribe it and be a part of it um, every single weekday. It's, it really is a good boost for you each uh, each morning. Uh, 
So uh, what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to be bringing you some of Ryan's picks for uh, some of his favorite daily nerd devos over the past uh, the past year and a couple from a little bit before that were dragging out of the vault. So uh, sit back and relax for kind of a, uh, a, a 10 hit combo, if you will, of some of our very best daily nerd devos right here on your Nerd of God cast. How's it going, everybody? My name is Ryan. Welcome back to the Daily Nerd Devo. So I want to take you back to the late 90s, to the world of professional wrestling. Specifically, to WCW. An era where, well, they had a thing called the cruiserweight division. And atop the cruiserweight division, regularly, were two names. The Man of a Thousand Holds. Dean Malenko, and Chris Jericho. The two were fighting, going back and forth, and Jericho, one night in 1998, decided he needed to one-up Dean Malenko. Malenko was the man of a thousand holds, a very technical wrestler, a very skilled and gifted wrestler, and Jericho felt the need to one-up him. So on an episode of WCW Nitro, Jericho comes out with a microphone and a long rolled up piece of paper, which he unfolds and begins to read. He begins to read the list of every hold he knows. The list contains a thousand and four hold. Number one, arm track. Number two, arm bar. Number three, the moss covered three handled family gridunzel. Number four, arm bar. And so on and so forth. I believe if I remember correctly, they go to commercial as Jericho is still reading this list, and when they come back from commercial, well, he's made it to the end of the list. The list of a thousand and four holds. Number one thousand, off the second rope knee lift. One thousand and one, off the top rope somersault leg drop. One thousand and two, jumping knee strike. One thousand and three, headlock. And one thousand and four, armbar. He goes through he doesn't obviously read the entire list but the entire list is available on the internet if you're interested i don't know how accurate it is to what the piece of paper he was carrying said but i find it amusing it, it's just a it's a list it's a very long list of wrestling holds and every like i don't know sixth one is armbar or some variation of you know canadian left armbar american right armbar it's this whole process of jericho trying to prove he's better than dean malenko by trying to be better at the exact same thing Malenko is good at instead of just being who he was. Obviously this is all in character, but I think it's interesting that instead of just being a better wrestler, a better performer, and beating Malenko, Jericho decides he needs to be a slightly better version of Malenko, the man of a thousand and four holds. I don't think as Christians this is good behavior for us. To look at what something else has, someone else has, how their life is going, where God has them, what he's doing in their lives, and say, I wish I had that. I, I've done it, I still do it. God has specific things for us that are not the same as the things he has for other people. The timing is different, the location, the people, all of it. It's for you. Or in, in, instead of being like Chris Jericho in this moment and just trying to take the same thing someone else has and one-up them. Look for the thing God has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. The Bible says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you a hope and a future. Over and over again, like the list of a thousand four holds says armbar, Jeremiah 29, 11 says you. God is talking to each of us separately. He knows the plans he has for you. Call out to God. Tell him you want to follow the path he has for you, and let him lead you. That's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear more Daily Nerd Devos every single weekday, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to them, or come hang out on our Facebook page over the Nerd of God Squad. I'm Ryan for the Daily Nerd Devo, and until next time, remember, number 297, ring rope snap. 298, spinning clothesline, and of course, 
$2.99, everyone's favorite, ring rope vertical splash clothesline. We'll see you next time. Hello there. This is Dr. Zay with your Daily Nerd Devo. Let's talk about that time in the game, in the beginning, when you chart your course, when you make decisions that can define the whole experience of playing the game through. Let's talk about character creation. Now, I love the character creation stage. I love choosing height and weight and armor colors. I love picking between 40 different sets of eyebrows and tattoo placement, even if I'm gonna be wearing a helmet that covers it all up. And sidebar, I always hide the helmet because I wanna see that hairstyle I took the time to choose. I know some people just wanna skip to the action, especially when the choices you make during character creation are purely cosmetic. And I hear you, but even cosmetic choices affect your experience of the game. Have you ever started a game over because the beard you chose didn't go with the character's voice? I have. I want this character I'm walking around with for 40 or 60 or 80 hours to be right. And then, of course, you've got the species or the class, the skill trees and affiliations. Should my dude be a backstabbing scoundrel or an agent of light? Because if he's a scoundrel, I'm gonna need to go back three pages and reconsider my beard options. I was recently playing Biomutant, which has a particular character creation dynamic where the skills you choose to emphasize affect the character's appearance. This created a conflict for me because I wanted high charisma, but I didn't like the giant ears it gave my mouse face. So what do I do? Do I make the character look how I want it to look? Or do I give it the stats I want it to have? Because I can't have both. I'm sure you know what you would do in that situation, and it would probably be an easy choice for you. But look, I really wanted to run around the post-post-apocalypse as a purplish kangaroo thing. The Bible says in Psalm 139 that God created you. He created your innermost being, the very substance of who you are. That he knit you together in your mother's womb and formed you in the dark, like the very depths of the earth. The psalmist meditates on this and he says, I will praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How wonderful are all your works. My soul knows it very well. When I look at all the things God created, it's easy for me to say, oh, yeah, God makes beautiful things. Sometimes it's harder, though, to turn that same lens on myself as a being formed by God. But the Bible teaches that humanity is made in the very image of God. He makes good things. My soul can't deny it. And he also made me. And he made you too. Praise the Lord today that he took the time to give you those eyebrows. Your stats are just right. And believe that of all his amazing works, he considers you to be among the very best. That's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear more Nerdy Devos every weekday, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also come hang out with us on our Facebook group, The Nerd of God Squad. I'm Dr. Zay for the Daily Nerd Devo, advising you to spend that extra time on your character's hairstyle, okay? Your patience will be rewarded. Hello, friends. My name is Joel, and this is your Daily Nerd Devo. I've got to start this Daily Nerd Devo with a confession. I am a decade late to starting to watch The Green Arrow with Stephen Amell. And I must say that I can appreciate this show. Uh, not knowing a whole lot about The Green Arrow before this was not a character that I paid much attention to growing up. So uh, that's my apology and my confession that I'm a decade late to this show. However, I have started watching it. And uh, I must say that Oliver Queen suffers a lot in this show. I mean, he just goes through one bad day into the next. It's physical harm. It's emotional trauma. It's losing family members and friends left and right. Um, I remember watching this show, one of the episodes with my wife and saying, I don't think there's ever a good day on this show. And I started thinking about in Romans chapter five, where it says to rejoice in our sufferings and just about the, the progress, you know, really from pain to purpose. And here's what it says in Romans five. It says to rejoice in sufferings because suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame 
because of God's love that has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. You know, as I watch this character development of Oliver Queen, he, for everything he's gone through, he's stronger, he's wiser. He has produced endurance and character and hope all from suffering. And I think that for us, that's something that we can do. Uh, I'm also really hoping that uh, this character doesn't do something totally bad uh, in the next few seasons because I have not finished this. So I'm stepping out on the bridge a little bit and hoping that uh, he makes wise decisions because otherwise none of this makes any sense. However, the progress from pain to purpose, rejoicing in our sufferings, it's hard. It's so hard. It doesn't make any sense. But I was just actually listening to a pastor preach a message about uh, it's the first message since he lost his wife. His wife lost a, a fight with cancer, and it was his first Sunday back after losing her. And he said, I only get this one opportunity to worship God in this setting. I've never been presented with this opportunity before, and how powerful it would be to rejoice in this suffering, to take this moment that I'll never get back, this pain that I'll never endure again, and to choose in this moment to worship, to choose in this moment to praise God. And I thought about that, man, that's, that is rejoicing that produces endurance and character and hope for the rest of his life. And so I don't know what you're going through. Maybe it's a good season, maybe it's not a good season. We know that God is faithful and he'll get us through. But if you're in a tough season, man, let's, when we can, find a way to rejoice in that suffering because we know that God's near to the brokenhearted. We know that in our weakness, he is made strong. And man, what kind of endurance and character and hope will develop in us when we choose to rejoice in our sufferings. Hey, thanks so much for listening. That's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear more Nerdy Devos every weekday, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also come and hang out with us on our Facebook group, The Nerd of God Squad. Once again, I'm Joel for The Daily Nerd Devo. And until next time, you may have to play the game, but you don't have to play it alone. What's up, friends? It's me, Tony. I'm just uh, jumping back in here again. I hope you're enjoying these uh, Daily Nerd Devos you just heard from uh, from Ryan himself and then uh, Dr. Zay, Christian Zadek, and uh, Joel Spinks, uh, some of my favorite uh, devotion contributors. Um, the next, uh, Our next contributor is one that I just want to take a moment and point out because he's so fun and interesting to listen to. I love his passion uh, for not only his fandom, but also for his faith. And um, I, the first time I heard this, again, a lot of these folks, Ryan recruits and finds, and I've never met them before. Um, you know, outside of our, our kind of devotion sphere, our Nerd of God cast, uh, Nog Squad world. And uh, it's always fun to hear people and their different perspectives. And this was one of the uh, the devos that I listened to over and over again because I was just so delighted by it. Uh, I hope you love it too. Huge Magic the Gathering fan. Uh, this is Hannes. Hello, my name is Hannes and this is your Daily Nerd Devo. So today I would like to share something related to Magic the Gathering, which is a trading card game, like almost uh, 30 years old. And yeah, I really love Magic. Um, I like to play it. Um, it's such a deep uh, game and yeah. And today I want to talk about so-called format-defining cards. Like these are cards that are having such a strong impact on a format. Like a format in Magic the Gathering, this is just a way to play the game. Like with a limited pool of uh, cards and it yeah depends which card you can use uh, yeah on the format. So format-defining cards are form cards that are really good in uh, many decks. Uh, in the format and because of this they are just defining the format and one card uh, for example is expressive iteration yeah you have to pay a blue and a red energy and uh, then you can look at the top three cards of your library like your, this is your deck put one of them into your hand put one of them on the button of your library and exile one of them you may play the exiled card this turn 
And this is a really strong card in Magic actually, for many formats. And yeah, because of this in one format, uh, it was, was just recently banned. Because what used in, is it Phoenix decks, is it Tempo decks, uh, Creativity decks, etc. And so on. So because of this, uh, that it was so defining, yeah, it was just recently banned. Yeah, I wanted to share uh, something um, also defining. Like in this case, Eternity defining. Like the time we have here on Earth now, this is Eternity defining. This time is def Eternity defining. The 80 years we have here on Earth is the only time where I can change something for Eternity. Now is the time to change Eternity. Now is the only time to make an impact on the Eternity. Like in, in two ways. Like first it's defining about if I will have eternal life or not. Like I'm called to spend my time with God to be an, in an active relationship with God. And secondly it's defining about if others will have eternal life or if they don't. I'm called to draw others to God, to tell others about Jesus. When eternity starts, then I cannot change anything anymore. Then that's it. This is the only time now that I can use to have an impact on the eternity. Jesus says in the Sermon of the Mount, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. I'm called to spend my time and my energy to do things that have meaning for the eternity. These are the only things that will stay, that will have an impact forever. Yeah, often this thought comes up in my mind that I will really, really regret it in the eternity to not have spent more my time more efficiently on the earth. To not have spent my time more to have an impact on the eternity. To not have woken up my friends and told them about the, that Jesus is real. I mean, of course, uh, this will be embarrassing, and sometimes people may actually step a little way, a little bit away from from me. But isn't it worth it? Isn't it worth it to risk something just to have a bigger chance that they will find Jesus and have eternity? I'm slowly, really starting um, to turn, to really turn regarding this point in my life. In summer I will visit uh, one of my old friends back from high school and I haven't seen him since like 10 years. But uh, yeah, God just put it on my heart to contact him and to meet him. Even if the chance might be small that he uh, yeah, might completely turn around his life and accept Jesus. But it's worth it. It's abs absolutely worth it to meet him and to use its chance to tell him about Jesus, to tell him that Jesus really exists. Now is the time to use it wisely. Now is the time to change the eternity. In the whole eternity I won't be able to change anything anymore. But now I have the chance. Yeah, that's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear more nerdy devos every weekday, then hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also come and hang out with us on Facebook group, The Nerd of God Squad. I'm Hannes for the Daily Nerd Devo and until next time when magic meets God. Hello friends, my name is Joel and this is your Daily Nerd Devo. You know, just the other day I was trying to find a local Starbucks to set up shop in, enjoy their complimentary Wi-Fi pay way too much for coffee, and basically blow some time until my next meeting. And as I pulled into the parking lot, I realized that to my left is a GameStop that I had never been in before. And I got to tell you, I got super excited. I'm, I'm kind of like Russell from Up, where he says the wilderness must be explored. That's how I view GameStops, because for years, people have traded games in, so excited to see what's inside of each and every store. And as I went in, I found some games that I wanted. These games had 40, 50, $60 price tags originally. They're just a couple years old. Now I'm getting them for four, five, and $6. And as I pick them up and I'm 
walking out the door, I thought, man, this game is exactly the same. This game that people once paid $60 for, I paid $6 for. But the game's the same. It just, it depreciates. So many other things in our life do the same thing. The cars that we drive, they depreciate. The houses that we live in get nicks and cracks and broken things. And even our own bodies over time depreciate. And I started thinking about our faith though. Philippians 1 verse 6 says that he who began a good work in you is faithful to bring it to completion. Man, our faith is the only thing in life that doesn't depreciate. In fact, our faith gains more value because through every season where we see God's faithfulness on display, in every troubled time where we consider God and count on him to get us through, Every time we hear testimony of our family and friends seeing God do the miraculous things in their life, it adds to our faith. He who began a good work in you is faithful to bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. Our faith value grows every single day. How precious it must be, this faith that we hold. That's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear more nerdy devos, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also come and hang out with us on our Facebook group, The Nerd of God Squad. I'm Joel for the Daily Nerd Devo, and until next time, you may have to play the game, but you don't have to play it alone. Hey, it's me, it's me, the T-O-N-Y-T, and this is your Daily Nerd Devo. We are just a few weeks away from our Nerd of God cast crew going to do our Megacon outreach, and I'm really excited to get back at a convention after a year and a half away. Aside from getting to build relationships with nerds, some of my favorite people, I love all the cool stuff that they have at cons. And one of my favorite little guilty pleasures to pick up at comic book conventions are fun, nerdy decals for my car window or my laptop. I have bought so many of them over the years. Uh, Most of them, honestly, have probably never even been stuck to anything. But I really just like having a way to represent all of my nerdy niche fandoms. It's a really great feeling when someone sees your stickers on your laptop and they kind of share a knowing nod of approval with you. Hey, you're into the same cool things that I am? Did we just become friends? It's a really special moment. So while the stickers on your car might be a cool way to let the world know what movies and shows and video games you like, how do people know about the things that really matter in your life? Namely, your relationship with Jesus. I mean, sure, you could just put a sticker on everything that says Christian, but Jesus himself had a better idea. In John 13, he said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. When we show love to each other, the world around us can see the difference that Christ makes in our lives especially when we love beyond just our friends or our family or the people who look like us and think like we do. When we love all people, love becomes a trademark of Christianity that is undeniable and that we should always wear loud and proud because it's really one of the hardest to counterfeit without the Lord's help. With it, you might get more than just a knowing nod. You could actually make a difference in someone's life. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. If you want to hear more, please hit the subscribe button and come join the discussion over at our Facebook small group, The Nerd of God Squad. I'm Tony T for the Daily Nerd Devo. Till next time, I ain't got to go home, but I can't stay here. Hi, my name is Andrew, and this is your Daily Nerd Devo. (sighs) So, for those of you who are aware of American football, last Sunday was the Super Bowl. My team, the Kansas City Chiefs, played, and lost, Super Bowl 55 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Side note, while writing this devotional, I wrote and deleted about 20 epithets about Tom Brady, the Buccaneers quarterback, out of the pain inflicted by him over 20 years on AFC teams like mine. Those epithets will remain confined to my brain. This year was also just the second year that my eldest son has been taking an active interest in football. Year one, the Chiefs, behind the brilliance of Patrick Mahomes, won Super Bowl 54, marking an end to 50 years of bad seasons and frustrating playoff failures. A side note, part two. Those failures are significant enough that 
where other fan bases have memories of famous playoff successes, which live on in iconic names, the Chiefs for years had iconic names for their failures. The No Punt Game, the Forward Progress Game, and the kicker who shall not be named in certain parts of the city. The Chiefs in Super Bowl 54 finally had successes to go along with it. And some of the names in Chiefs Kingdom, yes, that's the proper name for the fan base, and now include the Run, 24 to nothing, 20 to 10, Rose Bowl Wright Parade, and of course, Jet Chip Wasp. That was all year one for my son. My son has never had to deal with playoff heartbreak. He's never had to deal with the fact that for every year, 31 out of 32 teams end their seasons in a position of failing to win the sport's highest trophy. And he's had a quarterback who's become iconic for success against adversity and for being able to overcome huge deficits. And so, as the game dragged on and time continued to run out, and the Chiefs had less and less time to complete the magical comeback that my son knew was going to happen, the reality of the situation began to set in. My son must have gone through all five stages of grief in the span of about 20 minutes, ending up absolutely bawling his eyes out in my arms as time expired. The sure deliverance that he knew was coming never came. His heart was broken by the fact that failure and defeat had finally become real. At times, we as Christians experience heartache of one kind or another. Our prayers seemingly go unanswered, whether it's for mundane things like sports teams or more critical things, like the healing of an illness or finding a job. It feels like God's expected outcome didn't happen, or at least it didn't happen the way that we wanted it to. We find ourselves asking, why, God? And at the same time, we can be told by fellow Christians that all we need to do is just trust God. The Bible has a sophisticated, almost paradoxical view of how to approach this situation. What God does is invite us in to Him, to cling to Him in the midst of our grief, to bring our doubts and our pain to Him. David wrote multiple psalms talking about how isolated from God he felt. And that wouldn't be part of our language with God if he had not chosen to put it there. Moreover, we have a God who, having himself gone through the pain and suffering of this world, identifies with us on an extremely close level. One of Jesus' closest friends died. and John says that he wept. Grief and frustration is part of this world, and our God knows. Hebrews chapter 6 closes with the following lines. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. The writer of Hebrews here is talking about the fact that we can have confidence in our position and that God works all things to the good of those who love him by our knowledge of the character of God. And Jesus is described in Revelation as faithful and true. We can accept and hold on to the grief and frustration, but at the same time temper it with the knowledge that God is still at work and that, like Bilbo in the hollow of the valley in Mirkwood, we just can't see how close the edge of the wood is. After the game, I reminded my son of the fact that his team still has Patrick Mahomes, who's a young and tremendously talented quarterback with an incredibly bright future. And while Mahomes is not the sure bet that Jesus is, at least as a Chiefs fan, he's going to be in as good a position as possible going forward from a rooting interest point of view. And we, as Christians, can take comfort in Jesus, who knows and empathizes with us in the depths of our pains, even as we wrestle with the griefs of this world. That's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear more Nerdy Devos every weekday, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also come hang out with us on our Facebook group, The Nerd of God Squad. I'm Andrew for The Daily Nerd Devo, and remember to be awesome in the name of Christ. See you, Space Cowboy. First off, we are not a sports ball podcast, Andrew Whiteside. I'll have you know. Um, uh, I guess we got another Joel Joel Spinks uh, Devo tossed up in there and, uh, and one from me as well. 
Uh, we have a lot more coming up. Uh, stay tuned and uh, hope you guys are enjoying this, being blessed. And if you are a pastor or a preacher or someone who um, who does this kind of stuff and you're in the worlds of faith and fandom and you would like to be a part of our daily Nerd Devo, you would like to contribute uh, something that would be an encouragement, scriptural-based, but that uh, ties back into fandom, uh, shoot me an email at nerdofgodcast at gmail.com. We would love to uh, to lend your voice to this mighty army. And now, back to the Devos. Hey friends, this is Alexandria Marica for your daily Nerd Devo. I'm going to start this by making very clear that this does in fact contain spoilers for the movie The Eternals. If you haven't seen the movie and you don't want it to be ruined, stop right now. And if you've made it this far, I'm guessing that you've either seen the movie or you don't care enough about the spoilers, so you want to listen anyway. I'm going to give you a very quick rundown, although very basic, of the plot of The Eternals. This movie entails the arrival of the Eternals to planet Earth to protect humanity from these creatures called the Deviants. The Deviants run amok through humanity and destroy intelligent life. Now, after the destruction of all the Deviants, the Eternals are charged with the role of protecting humanity from the Deviants, but not interfering with human conflict, but in general to allow humanity to progress as it were through technology and understanding and intelligence. And as such, they live their lives in secret from humanity as the Eternals. Now, A problem arises when there is a return of a deviant in modern day. The Eternals have to find one another to determine their plan for how they're going to take care of this deviant. As such, they come up with a plan to protect humanity once again from this deviant, but in the process find out that they themselves have actually just been pawns. This eternal being that sent the Eternals to planet Earth to protect humanity wasn't protecting humanity for the sake of protecting humanity, rather to protect humanity that the emergence may take place. And as such, the Eternals become frustrated and irate with the fact that they've actually realized that they've just been pawns the entire time. They weren't there to protect humanity, they were there to protect this divine being who would be birthed out of this emergence. When they find this out, they have a choice to make. Some of the Eternals choose to stay back and protect humanity from this deviant by killing it, and in the end, stopping the emergence from occurring because they've grown so fond of humanity. Another set of the Eternals choose to go find other Eternals on other planets to make them aware of what has occurred, what they've really been part of. And at one point, one of the members of the Eternal says, we have to go because the truth will set them free. And isn't that true for us? That we live our lives unaware sometimes of the things that we participate in or unaware of before we know Christ. But when we come to the knowledge of who Christ is, The truth sets us free. In John 8, Jesus is speaking to the Jews, saying, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And that's our reality, guys. God wants us to abide in him, and he wants us to be his true disciples, and in doing so, being set free. Because at one point in our lives, we were slaves to sin. We were slaves to desires of our flesh, to the things that the world told us were necessary for our lives. We were slaves to things that were in contrary to who God had for us to be. But when we know Christ, when we become his disciples, the truth sets us free. And what do we do with that? Do we keep it to ourselves or do we take it into our homes, into our families, into our workplaces, our communities? Do we carry this truth of the gospel so that others may know it? So I would encourage you, brothers and sisters, wherever you're living your lives, whatever you do from your day to day, take this truth with you and make it clear to others. Share that truth. 
because the truth will set people free. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But if you would like more weekly nerdy content, be sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts to get this podcast every weekday. Or you can join our Facebook small group, The Nerd of God Squad, to share some memes and live your dreams. Again, my name is Alexandria Marica for The Daily Nerd Diva. And until next time, so long and thanks for all the fish. Hello, my name is Isaac from the Infinity Bros, and this is your Daily Nerd Devo. With great power comes great responsibility. That's a pretty common mantra that we've all heard from our very own friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. If you don't know the story of Spider-Man, the story goes that his Uncle Ben told him that phrase before he was killed by a carjacker. To summarize the story, Peter Parker or Spider-Man, basically feels like this is all his fault. He carries an enormous amount of guilt because of that. Because he had the power to stop the guy who did this, he feels like he should have stopped him. Because of the great power that he holds, he felt like he had that responsibility to stop them. And because of that, he's a really relatable superhero. I mean, he goes through the things that we do every day. We go through guilt, we go through shame, We go through feeling helpless. And honestly, that's why he's one of my favorite superheroes. But today, we're gonna be talking about a different kind of power. May 23rd, 2021 is actually Pentecost. Pentecost was the time in the Bible where the disciples received the Holy Spirit. The story begins in Acts chapter two, where the disciples were all gathered in one place and ministering to people. All of a sudden, suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. People began to freak out. They did not know what was going on, but the Holy Spirit was allowing the disciples to speak in all of these people's different tongues. Obviously, the disciples were fishermen, tax collectors, guys that weren't real high on the social ladder in those days. But they were able to speak in so many different tongues that people thought they were drunk. Just like Spider-Man received power from a radioactive spider, we receive power from the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This day of Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit gave the disciples power. And with that power, God says that we're supposed to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. I'm a pretty quiet guy, and really I'm an introvert, so talking to other people about really anything is difficult. The idea of evangelizing to people is not one that has ever really thrilled me. But at the same time, God gave us this power from the Holy Spirit. And if we don't share that with other people around us in our daily lives or even people that we can impact across the world, then we're really misusing that power. With great power comes great responsibility. We have a responsibility to tell other people about this amazing gift that God has given us called Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is the power that he has given us to tell other people about him. So guys, when you hear the phrase, with great power comes great responsibility, remember that doesn't just apply to Spider-Man or anybody with superpowers. That applies to you. Let's make sure we're using this amazing power that God has given us called the Holy Spirit. That's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear more nerdy devos every weekday, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also come hang out with us on our Facebook group, The Nerd of God Squad. I'm Isaac from the Infinity Bros for the Daily Nerd Devo. Until next time, we love you 2000. Bye! Hey guys, I'm Christina and this is your Daily Nerd Devo. So sharp, you won't feel a thing. And thus the plot turns for our heroine Coraline. Faced with a boring, mildly unhappy life in the real world, 
She had been escaping every night into the wondrous world of her other mother and other father. Showered with gifts and good food, attention and care, things were seemingly perfect in this world, just how she wanted them to be. And then they asked her to sew buttons on her eyes and stay with them forever. Ugh. This is why Coraline is one of the scariest PG movies I have ever seen. As much as I dislike seeing a bunch of gore and death with your usual slasher fix, the illusion and manipulation of Other Mother is next level terrifying. Because I've seen and experienced her tactics in real life. And as much as anyone thinks they would be able to have their wits about them in that moment, I know personally how hard it actually is to spot. On the surface, everything looks fine. Great, even. They seem generally interested in you. They have all the references. They seem like the most upstanding of upstanding citizens. A person after God's own heart. And then, after they've invested so much time and energy into you, and you're truly feeling loved and cared for, they ask you to do something that makes you feel uncomfortable. But by then, it's too late. You can't see past the disguise, nor do you really want to. Because, really, you like the glamour and attention, and you don't really want it to stop. And honestly, who would believe you if you said something about it anyway? You just cause a fuss, and no one wants to cause a fuss. So you find yourself sewing buttons to your eyes, blinding yourself, but instead of confronting an uncomfortable truth. And you realize that the needle is, in fact, so sharp you won't feel a thing. As 2 Corinthians 11.14 warns us, and no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. This kind of relationship that I just described is everywhere. All you have to do is turn on the TV, talk with a neighbor or friend, open your mailbox if it's an election year, and you'll find it. Come, look at this pretty illusion I've made you. I promise I'll take care of you and give you good things this seductive offer to satisfy the need for belonging and the selfish need for attention occurs in a million variations. The shiny thing masquerading as a good thing to distract you from other, darker things. To trust in him, her, or it rather than in Christ. And consequently, to let him, her, or it rule your emotions and your life. Even Christ undergoes this seduction as the devil tempts him with power dominion, the easy road to his position as king, but ultimately a king subservient and a king impotent. He even uses the Bible in his attempts to distract Jesus from his purpose. That's the thing, though. When you look through the glitz, you can perceive the hollow nature of the attraction. There are many who miss the signs and succumb to the temptation. And after all, when Jesus describes the broad and narrow gates and who goes through them, he is not talking about non-believers. And the more responsibility we bear in the kingdom, the greater the likelihood that the seduction will arise. But the good news is that it is possible to see through the lies and it is possible to resist. Christ shows us that when he ultimately refuses the devil and continues on the path God put him on. So remember that appearances are often deceiving, and to test everything against the words of Christ. He is the truth of God, and the truth shines a light into the darkness. His truth and love for us can help us repulse the seductive lure of the easy, simple path and keep us on our way to heaven. That's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear more Nerdy Devos, uh, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also come hang out with us on the Nerd of God's Squad, our Facebook page. I promise it's not normally this scary. This is just for this week. Once again, I'm Christina. Until next time, remember you are a vital piece of the puzzle God made. Take care. Man, that is good 
good stuff. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, that was Alexandria Marica, one of our own Nerdigodcast crew members, um, in what I have discovered, strangely enough, a part two about Marvel's The Eternals uh, is our highest uh, downloaded episode of the Daily Nerd Devos. I don't know if Eternals was just trending that week, uh, but that was an interesting fun fact that Ryan shared with me, followed by a Devo by Infinity Bro Isaac and uh, then Christina Whiteside, one of our Nog Squad uh, admins. And uh, Christina actually was was kind of referencing uh, the theme for the week because uh, one of the fun things they do on the Daily Nerd Devo is they'll do theme weeks, and that was from Villain Week. They've done Nintendo Week and uh, Fantasy Week and different things like that, so it's always fun to uh, to find out what those are going to be. So uh, we got a couple more. Uh, stay tuned. Hello, everyone. My name is Tamara Malakoff, and this is the Nerd of Godcast. So I have to admit, I am actually not a classical fandom nerd. I am more of an academic nerd that loves books, loves random pieces of knowledge, and cried when she got a C on her Calc 2 test in high school. I actually didn't get exposed to nerd culture or the typical nerd culture until college. I didn't finish watching the Disney princess movies until my freshman year. I didn't watch uh, Lord of the Rings until my sophomore year, Chronicles of Narnia, and I didn't even watch Star Wars until a year after my college graduation. So super late to the party, but I'm here. But the reason this is, is because having been growing up in a very conservative church and church culture, I've always heard that these nerd fandom stories were demonic. They're not of God. We should not even be listening to them. But as I grew older and I befriended a lot of fellow nerds, sharing our faith with one another, I realized that we shouldn't be throwing the baby out with the bathwater. These stories are prime opportunities to share the gospel with peers and diehard fans. The Apostle Paul, when he was in Athens, used aspects and stories of the local culture in order to point to Jesus. In Acts 17, starting in verse 22, Paul then stood up in the meeting and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. You're ignorant of the very thing you worship, but this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. Paul was very wise in that he did not publicly declare the evilness of Athenian idolatry. If he did so, he would have immediately closed the door to any form of conversation. They would have been immediately offended. Instead of condemning them for what we know is obviously a sin, he actually commended them. He commended them for believing that yes, that there is a God, that there is an, there's a being out there that wants to communicate with us and that we can communicate with him. And by starting with this, he was able to point them to Jesus. In the same way, I believe that we should be using the nerd stories that we all love as tools to be able to preach the gospel, to direct our peers' attention to the love of Christ. Well, that's all the time we have for today. If you would like to hear more, listen to the full Nerd of Godcast show wherever fine podcasts are consumed or visit us at our blog at nerdofgodcast.com. I am Tamara Malakoff for the Nerd of God Daily. Until next time, may his spirit be with you. Hello, lovelies. My name is Micah, and this is your Daily Nerd Devo. Pretty much throughout the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, Loki, for those of you who don't know, Loki is Thor's adoptive brother, He's trying to prove that he's worth something, that he's needed, that he does in fact have a glorious purpose, as he so often says. 
Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Some of you listening who are in high school or college or even later, may be trying to figure out what your glorious purpose is. There are so many different things you could do, so many people pulling you in different directions. It can be hard to figure out what God is really calling you to do with your life. But you have to remember that what you want right now and what God wants are sometimes completely different things. For example, I used to want to go into dental hygienist work. There's nothing wrong with that specific job, but when I actually listened to God and I realized that that's not my passion, that's not my passion at all, I became a more happy person. I felt and still feel more complete. Proverbs 19 verse 21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Listen carefully. This is important. Passion will lie in your purpose. Passion will lie in your purpose. Don't be afraid that you won't be passionate in it. God has a glorious purpose for you, and you will be passionate about it. It might take some time to figure out what it is, but he's there, calling to you. For you are a child of God, and he takes care of his children. Trust God. Trust in him. He knows what he's doing. He has planned everything accordingly. And his puzzle is a masterpiece. His puzzle is this earth. His puzzle is heaven. His puzzle is you. So have patience, child of God. It will be revealed to you at just the right time, because he is a right God. That's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear more Nerdy Devos every weekday, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also come hang out with us on our Facebook group, The Nerd of God Squad. I'm Micah for The Daily Nerd Devo. Until next time, be kind to others and always lend a helping hand. Hello, and my name is Rockin' Mr. Magic of Jig Nation, and this is your Daily Nerd Devo. In the reimagined Battlestar Galactica, God uses an angel in the form of Cylon No. 6 that only appears in the head of Gaius Baltar. Dr. Baltar is a coward and only interested in self-preservation. Angel 6 urges and urges Gaius to believe in God and give himself over to God's will. Baltar goes through the five emotional states that tend to guide us humans in our reactions to new truth that we'd rather not face. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. In Season 1, Episode 10, The Hand of God, the Colonial Fleet go to Baltar for advice on where to attack a Cylon fuel refinery. Baltar has no knowledge of this, yet is expected to be of help. He begs Angel Six in his head for help from God and is told to open your heart to him and he'll show you the way. Frustrated with a lack of a direct answer, Baltar points to an area and says to attack there. Later, Gaius confesses to Angel Six that God didn't speak to him and that he just guessed. Angel Six tries to reassure him that God doesn't always speak in words. The Colonials launched their attack and are successful. Baltar's info was good. And as they celebrate, Baltar speaks with Angel Six and verbally accepts his role and declares, I am an instrument of God. As Christians, our walk with God has similar parallels. The Bible shows a lot of Baltar's life with the life of Gideon. Gideon didn't believe the angel who approached him. He demanded proof and engaged in seemingly silly actions to do God's will. Gaius and Gideon both received guidance from angels, take action while not being confident in themselves, and their actions lead to victory for their people. God wants to use you to accomplish his will too. You may not receive his word from an angel, but God does speak to his children. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. When God tells us what to do, 
Let our response echo that of the colonial fleet. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. That's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear more Nerdy Devils every weekday, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also come hang out with us in our Facebook group, The Nerd of God Squad. I'm Rocket Mr. Magic of Jeek Nation for the Daily Nerd Devo. And until next time, peace. Hello, I'm Kyle, and this is your Daily Nerd Devo. I don't know how many of you are fans of the live-action remakes that Disney's been doing, but I absolutely love the new version of Aladdin. I've always been fond of Disney's rendition of the tale, both the original animated version and the live-action one. As an adult, there's been one moment that's really captured my attention of late. Aladdin stands on the magic carpet, reaches over the balcony, he holds out a hand to Princess Jasmine, and he asks a ridiculously complicated question. Do you trust me? There are some less direct examples of what I'm going to get at. When Luke Skywalker breaks into Leia's cell on the detention level of the Death Star, he takes off his helmet and he says, well, well he says, I'm Luke Skywalker, I'm here to rescue you, but, but hang on a second. Or there's Christopher Eccleston's Doctor in the first episode of the Doctor Who reboot as he takes Rose by the hand and says, run. Or again, there's Raya and Namari in the Temple and Heart, then on the riverside outside of Fang, and then in the thick of utter disaster pretty much every time they interact in Ryan and the Last Dragon, really. In each of these cases, there's a moment where the same question's asked, sometimes directly, sometimes not. Do you trust me? Whether any of those characters knew it then or not, that question was a call to adventure. It was a moment when they could say yes and be swept into a world that was so much bigger, so much more amazing than they would have dreamed. If you're like me, you'd probably really like to be the one asking that question. After all, the person asking is usually the one with the answers, the one who knows what's going on, and that's very comforting. See, we tend to feel so much better when we see the big picture, when we know the consequences of things before they pan out. But unfortunately, we very often don't know. But isn't this also the very foundation of faith? Dozens, hundreds, maybe even thousands of times, we're faced with moments where God reaches out and asks, do you trust me? No doubt we'd like to say yes, But even more than that, we'd like to know just what it is we're agreeing to first. We'd like the confidence of knowing where we were going and what was going to happen. But unfortunately, like Jasmine, like Leia, like Rose and Raya, we don't. We don't know where our answer to that question will lead us. We just get to choose to trust or not. And as for anyone who's made the choice to say yes a few times, we know that the unfortunate reality is that saying yes doesn't always work out the way that we think or hope it will take the Israelites as another great example. Yahweh leads them out of Egypt and into the desert? Now we know that he also provides for them. He gives them manna to eat, clear guidelines, a strong leader. But we can imagine all too well in that first moment as they stare out into the Egyptian sands with Pharaoh's armies hot on their heels and at least some of them were probably thinking, this was a terrible idea. What in the world have we done? And there's the rub, friends. We believe God is faithful, we believe he always looks out for us and that he always has a plan, but sometimes saying yes to trust means we have to stare out into the desert. For Israel, we have the benefit of knowing that God would provide for them, and because that story has now been passed down to us, we can be confident that God will care for us in the same way. However, that doesn't make that first step into the desert any easier. Sometimes it means we're giving up a lot, or that things aren't going to work out the way we want them to. After the dust settles, we might even feel like it really didn't work out for us at all. But at the end, we still have to know and trust. God is faithful. That's what it means to step out in faith, friends. We have to know that no matter the outcomes, faith tells us that when God asks the question, we give a resounding yes. And that's not easy. We'll probably fail at it more than we succeed, but we still have to try. We may end up chasing these adventures all our lives and never have the answers we seek. You see, the other side of faith is that we'll never totally get rid of the doubt. In order for trust to be real, there has to be the possibility that that trust will fail. We have to know that we're gambling on something that we can never be totally sure of. So, we choose to step out in faith, in trust, and believe this, that God most certainly has a plan, and he intends to see us through it. 
even when all we can see is the endless stretch of desert sand. After a thousand times where things don't seem to go our way, it'll be tempting to become jaded and trite and say, forget it all, I've, I've had enough, but it wouldn't be much of an adventure if our heroes quit halfway. And if you think I'm wrong, just take a look again at Raya or the Israelites. They had to learn this lesson bitterly. That's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear more Nerdy Devos every weekday, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also come hang out with us on our Facebook group, The Nerd of God Squad. I'm Kyle with The Daily Nerd Devo. Until next time, remember, every day is another call to God's grand adventure. Well, that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you to uh, our final contributors here, which is uh, Tamara. Micah, who is just lovely. She's like 15 years old, and she's smarter than everybody that I know. Um, Rockin' Mr. Magic from the Jeek Nation. And Kyle. Uh, in a very heart-touching Devo. We're so glad that you stuck with us. Thank you for listening. You can always uh, listen to the Daily Nerd Devo every single weekday on your favorite podcast platform or, again, on your Amazon Echo platform. And uh, we hope that you will be encouraged. And, uh, again, if you'd like to be a part of it, please email us, and uh, we'll try to get you connected as best we can. Uh, Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, because uh, word of mouth is uh, the most effective way for uh, for people to find out about what we're doing over here. And uh, we love you. We bless you. Support Nerdy Christian Podcasts. And uh, let's make the name of Jesus famous from the GameStops to the comic shop. My name is Tony T for the Nerdy Godcast. Until next time, I ain't gotta go home, but I can't stay here. Stay here.